what is the experience that you crave and how and then in return can you deliver that experience for someone else so for me it was how could i create this experience that black women needed in a way that was fun and exciting and delivered all things a woman right that's what i was able to deliver how you deliver it is totally differently than how i deliver it how someone listening they know what they want to see deliver it that way don't try to mimic someone else's delivery on it because it's always going to be better when you use your own sauce to deliver it versus trying to copy someone else's hey guys what's good welcome to the cosign life if you're watching this video that means you co-sign us and we co-sign you so here are a couple of ways to support us at Cosign Magazine. Number one, view the description below, click the link and purchase an issue of Cosign Magazine. It's like this, this one right here, physical. You can purchase this. Number two, you can also support us by purchasing Cosign merch. Hit the link below and it'll take you to all our past merch items and we'd love to have your support and see you wear Cosign Magazine. episode of Cosign Conversations and today we have the founder and CEO of Boss Women Media, Mari McDonald. How are you doing today? I'm so good. So good to see you. You too. You too. It's been a minute. It has. <laughs> way too long. It has. It has COVID has just interrupted life. Definitely, definitely. But I have been a fan from far. I tap in, you know, make sure I comment here and there and, and like your pictures and show love because, you know, with us both both being in the media industry, yeah. I understand the grind and the hustle <laughs> and know how it goes. So I salute you for everything you've been doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. And same to you, my friend. Thank uh, you. It's hard out here in these streets, but <laughs> the the world needs to to see multiple um, media companies that look like them, that support them, that are rallying for them. So I appreciate the work that you're doing in Dallas as well. I appreciate it definitely. So let's get a little bit about the backstory before we get yeah. into today. So I remember the first time we met. I want to say you were still working in corporate at that time. It was years ago yeah it um, was i want to say you're still working corporate and then doing boss women on the side correct yes yes so yes for people who's watching this for the first time kind of give us uh, an idea of where the idea came from what was your aha moment what made you want to start boss women media you know um i always say to people if you don't see the possibility of something you don't know what your possibilities can be and so I was grinding in corporate America, trying to navigate this space and this place of that didn't look like me, but I but I assumed that this is what success looked like because so many people told me that's what success looked like. Right. And um, I was just miserable in this space, to be honest. And I thought there's no possible way in 20, 30 years from now, right. this is what my <laughs> life is gonna be. Um, and I didn't see other people around me who were happy when they made it to the level that so many people told me was successful. Right. And so um, I remember just driving home one day, I got on the phone with a friend. I said, hey, do you want more? Like, <laughs> are these the things that you want? Like, cause these are the things I want. And I right. know other women who want these things too. Right. We should really just create a brunch, okay. bring some women together. I'll get my mentor in the room. 
Um, I remember the day like yesterday. It was May 26, 2016. Okay. I had my first brunch experience at Neiman Marcus Cafe. 25 women showed up. Right. Um, and I said, this is a thing, but I, I did not know what the thing what? was. Okay. And so um, I called the company Boss Women Who Brunch. Okay, I remember. <laughs> um, and, and, and I just had these brunches. And so fast forward to later 2017, the fall, um, I went to an event, a conference in Atlanta. When I walked into the event, I said, this is exactly what I want to create for black women. It was that possibility. Right. When you see something, you know that it then is possible. And mm -hmm. I hadn't seen it yet, so I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But when I did see it, I just ran with it and kept that vision in the forefront For sure. of what I wanted to create. What, what conference was that, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, so I don't feel comfortable sharing okay. the name of the conference. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> because it was not for us. Ah, and okay. so, um, Got you. yes, and I always tell the story and I always say, the conference was not for us and I want them coming back to me <laughs> right, on, right, right. on the gram talking about, so you didn't think this was for us? <laughs> yes. No, nah, this makes sense. Okay, so talk to us about that first brunch. You said you had your mentor come out. So mm -hmm. what company were you at, at that previously? So I was like my last corporate gig. Okay. I was at um, CC's Pizza. I was over product innovation and okay. development at that company. Um, I was the I was the only black woman okay. in my department. I was the second black woman at the company. Right. Um, I didn't see any black people in leadership there. So that all played a part of my psyche, right? right. Like, what does my field look like? How am I going to navigate this? And my mentor, who was working for another organization at the time, um, I she had really made it up in the space of marketing and innovation. And when I connected with her, she also didn't seem happy right. with the success she had. And it really was kind of like, that was the moment where I had to reevaluate what I wanted and why I wanted the things I I was asking for or I was working towards right. because it didn't it didn't seem like she was happy either so I didn't want to grind so hard for that thing right. and then I get it and it was like this is not what I really even signed up for right. now corporate America is totally different now yeah. than when I was there they're having brave conversations in yeah. corporate America now they're I mean the space is different but when I was there, it right. was still isolating. It was still imposter syndrome driven. It was still assimilation. And so, um, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I decided to quit my corporate gig in 2018 okay. um, to pursue, at the time I had changed the name Boss Woman Media right. um, as my full-time gig and I never looked back. Full time. Okay, let's talk about that because a lot of times entrepreneurs push you got to jump you got to fly and then other entrepreneurs push make sure you have a plan make sure you have six months saving make sure you have your ducks in a row which one were you i was i did not have a plan okay you flew i, I had a good husband okay. Okay. <laughs> but i i often say this i did not have a plan but i had a vision yeah. i knew what i wanted to create okay. i was very clear on that and i think that so often if the plan isn't in place and we don't think it's this perfect way, we think, oh, well, I can't do it. But you, the plan is going to change. Right. And you are equipped today with the information that you need to succeed today. 
for tomorrow, you're going to get that on a later mountain that you decide to climb. Right. But for today, I have to focus on what I have today. Right. And I am equipped with what I need today to navigate what is for me to navigate today. Okay. So in 2018, um, was Boss Women Media, which you just changed the name to, was it already in the green or you in the red? Or where were you at in your business aspect? In 2018 no still? I was totally in the red okay. um, I had not made any money I was actually planning my first conference okay. my first conference was the vision board conference it was it happened in February of that year I quit my job uh, my last day of working my last paycheck was December 31st basically okay. um, and I bet everything on this event I flew in Nicole Kane of XO Nicole mm -hmm. as my keynote speaker I had all these influencers from out of town I probably flew in about 15 women we had 250 women show up to it it was actually in the basement of an apartment oh. downtown Dallas um it was i mean we packed it out it was it was an incredible experience it was an incredible learning experience for me in so many ways um but i put everything all in i bet on myself i didn't i wasn't counting on anyone else to do it for me i was trying to prove to show what i wanted to create how i was going to create it um i remember the videographer that i hired at the time who's still my videographer today. She had just quit her job. I didn't even have money to pay her. I said, hey, if you stick with me, right. I'll take you everywhere I go. Right. I'll connect you with everybody that I know. And to this day, last summer, we filmed an Amazon um, live conference for Black Girl Magic Maybe. through her. So um, it's just a testament to show that like, even when I first started, I didn't, I wasn't equipped with what I needed right. for then. Like I had to go through certain things. I had to learn certain lessons. I had to see. Um, and so that was, that having that event, the success of that event was really the, the framework of right. who Boss Women Media was gonna be right. um, and how I was gonna evolve with it. Gotcha. I wanna talk about that conference because even though that one was in person, you did a lot of it if not all of it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what that takes, especially just you know quitting from your corporate job. You flew in 15 speakers, of course you had to house them, et cetera. Uh, you're great at decor too, so you have to <laughs> you know, add your sauce to the event and that all takes a lot. At this time, I mean, we know now that you know, you're excellent at, at doing corporate partnerships. At that time, did you already have those relationships or was this something all out of pocket that you were just figuring it out? It was all out of pocket. I actually didn't even understand what a corporate sponsorship looked like at right. the time. Um, it was all out of pocket until Curls was my first sponsor. They gave me a check for $500. Okay. And yeah. I thought, if somebody gave me a check for $500, they gave me a check for $20,000. Right. Like, and, and then I stopped right. thinking there. Like, I thought if I can get a $500 check, Certainly, I can get a $20,000 check, right. and it just goes to show how if you limit your thinking. Because now, I'm like, if I get a $20,000 check, you better believe I can get a million-dollar check. Of if I can get a million-dollar check, I can get a $25 million check. But it's all about the, the parameters of your own mindset and how you think about it. So I remember getting that $500 check, <laughs> and I thought, 
oh my god somebody just gave me five hundred dollars <laughs> like this right. is incredible I understood the value of money, but I didn't understand the concept of why they would, right? right? Now, I totally get it. Um, And so that was was the only check that I got um, for that event. That event cost me $25,000. And I sold about $28,000 worth of tickets. So I came out at a $3,000 profit. Um, but it was not about the money. It was about the content that I was producing. It was about the women that I was going to get talking about this. And it was about the speakers that I strategically got across the world, across the, across the globe that could help me as I, my name could be in conversations in spaces when they talked about someone who threw these experiences, I wanted to be the top, um, you know, top of mind for that. Right. So it was great about that. Was this, was this always, when you talk about strategically planning, this has always been from the beginning, right? Or mm-hmm. was this something as you continue to grow, you started to see the vision and started like fine tuning it? That, that, that conference that I stepped in that day, that always was a part of my vision. I saw it, right? I knew that it was gonna cost a ton of money to implement something like that. And so um, I didn't necessarily know how I was going to get the money, but I knew what it, the experience I wanted to deliver for black women, whether they were entrepreneurs or working in corporate America. I knew I wanted to deliver an experience that was just holistic from all of the five senses to the sight, to the smell, to the feel, to the touch, right. to the connections. Um, I wanted to deliver that for us because I had never seen that done for us right. before. So now that you have your first huge event out the way, basically the proof of concept, where you take the, where you take it from there. Now you know it's possible. Yeah. So where do you go next? Yeah, so as I shared with you before, I came from product innovation, brand marketing. So I understood how to tell a story, right? right? I understood um, how to create a pitch deck that was really pivotal in my business model. Um, and so that I had that event in February, that April I flew to LA, went to a conf- another conference. Okay. Um, I went to the Girl Boss Rally um, with Sophia Amoroso. Okay. And so um, at that conference, it was cool to experience and to see it, um, but I was at that conference to connect with speakers. And mm-hmm. I wasn't connecting with speakers from the perspective of who are the celebrities and the influencers. No, 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 who are the women on these panels that are working in corporate America and have been a part of these corporate sponsorships for this event because mm. they can do it for my events. And so, <laughs> and so um, when I went to the event, I went to a conversation um, with the CEO of Sugarfina. I remember her talking about these taboo gummy bears and how they were so proud of creating these gummy bears. They had created a green juice gummy for um, like April Fools or something like that. And I was just sitting there listening to her talk. I had just read this Nielsen data report called Black Girl Magic is Real. And I thought, she should create a gummy bear called Black Girl Magic. I'm gonna go tell her after this. And so Everyone was, it's so interesting how we fangirl or fanboy over the celebrity. Right. So there were pan, there were influencers and some celebrities on the panel, but Rosie, the CEO of Sugarfina, nobody was oh, checking for her right. afterwards. Check for, the, check for the CEOs afterwards. Right. Check for the women who can write the check afterwards. Don't check for the person who can just take the Instagram picture. Right. So I go up to her and I go, hey, 
I'm Marty McDonald. Do you know what black girl magic he is? Yeah. And this like white old older white lady was like, What? <laughs> Can I even say that out yeah. loud? And I go, Black girl magic is a buying power and behavior that you've never seen before. It's a rallying call right. and you should really tap into it. As a matter of fact, you should create a gummy bear called Black Girl Magic. Yeah. Black women would come to your store and flocks to buy this because they're finally seen. And she looks at me and she's like, what? I go, and I'll actually help you sell it. I'll pop up in your stores and I'll have events where black women come and we can create this gummy bear together. Oh, wow. And she goes, send me an email, contact at Sugarfina. Yeah. And I thought, she gave me this very generic yeah. email address. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm thinking. So I'm like, when I get home, I'm going to write her the pitch deck that makes her call me. Right. Eight weeks later, this lady gives me a call and says, you can, you can do the five city tour of Black Girl Magic in our stores. And I popped up in Dallas, LA, New York, Atlanta, and Houston. Wow. And that was, that was the pivotal piece of how I transformed from being just this little Dallas event right. to yeah. really connecting throughout the US. So it took her eight weeks to get back to you. You probably was like, all right, she's, she doesn't want to do it. Nope, nope, actually, I believed that this lady was going to email me back. Like yeah. I was confident right. and I believed that what I was delivering to her, she would be silly not, not to call too. me back because she did not have this audience of women right. to be, to tap into. All right, I like that. I like that, that, that way of thinking. Mm -hmm. We'll say this though. Okay, so I do pitch decks as well. And people always ask me to help them, right? So I will say, I'm gonna ask you this. When you do it, right? What are some things you have to include? And when you're pitching to, let's say, one partner and then another partner, are you sending them the same deck or are you creating individual proposals? I create individual proposals. Okay. At, and at this point, it's so relationship built, right? right? And so it's easy. You can write a pro, an individual proposal, but now I can send them what it's going to look like because I have past experiences. Right. I, can, I can show what their brand is going to look like in it. But at that time, I didn't have any of this experience, right. right? And so I catered the pitch deck to what I heard her say on the panel, which was her problem, right? Her problem was there was this secondary audience that she hadn't tapped into. At the bottom line, ROI is ROI. Right. And if she wants to grow her ROI, I was gonna help her do that. Right. I, was, I was solution oriented in the pitch deck. And so, so often we write these, we can write generic pitch decks or we can just send a generic email and you're not solving a problem right. to anyone. If a brand is gonna say yes to you, it's because they see themselves in whatever it is that you're delivering, not just to write you a check, to write you a check. For sure. No, that makes exact sense. And I hate when people send me decks to help them and it's completely generic or they'll do like, hey, these are the options, but it's not like, how does the brand benefit? Yeah. That's what you have to be able to articulate. How are they going to benefit? There's so many other companies, brands, businesses that they can, you know, give their checks to. What's going to make you specifically the reason why they have to partner with you? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we can't tell them what that is, but you have to realize when you're working with people, like, when you figure that out, express that. And that's why, you yeah. know, they want to partner with you. Um, so that's with Sugarfina, right? So when you start to move on and start working with Capital One, Square, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all these other companies, are you doing the same thing? Are you being solution-oriented? Uh, solution or are you Absolutely. 
you know, the, the, squi the Capital One deal happened as I was planning Baltimore of the Year 2019. Um, I actually was speaking at something. I actually met someone in the green room who worked for Capital One. And she was like, I follow you on Insta, da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I would love the opportunity to pitch you. Right. Um, I, have some uh, I have some solutions that could be really cool to benefit the Capital One brand and the sentiment of the brand and right. um, how our community can benefit from the brand. And um, I, I remember, I, I have a video of me walking into Capital One headquarters. I was pitching them the 25 city tour of Black Girl Magic. Okay. Um, I had a case study from a five city tour. I wanted to increase to a 25 city tour. And um, I remember like going into the room and this was like my big moment. Right. This was like the icing on the cake. This is where the, the deal of all deals. And um, I just remember in the room, everybody saying, no, no, no. And it was just different departments. No, no, no. And it was this one department out of D.C. that was the PR department. And she was like, I'll take it back to my boss. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I said, okay, well, I know I have this event coming up. Right. I want to fly you in. I want you to come to this event um, and experience what we deliver, what we do. And so she came to Boss Woman of the Year. She saw it firsthand. Um, and, and really that was my selling point. That sold her. That sold her. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And you don't have to tell us which one, but you know, people love to hear numbers. You don't tell which brand, but what has been like your biggest partnership number wise today? Yeah. Um, we have been able to secure over the 2020, 2020 year, we were able to secure about 800,000. 2020? Mm-hmm. Congratulations. And 2021, we were able to secure about 950. So we're right on the tipping point of a million. 2021. No, I'm saying, but 2022, you will. Oh, 2022 <laughs> is our year. Yeah. But but it, for us, it's not necessarily just all about the dollars that we get in. Right. It's the impact that we then go make, right? right? So yeah, you do give And that. so we've given away, last year we gave away $200,000. Okay. Year before we gave away $150,000. In 2022, we're giving away $500,000. Because if, if my company grows, but my community don't grow, then I'm doing myself a disservice. Right. If I lift up, I pull somebody up behind me. Because um, I know how hard it can be. But most importantly, I know how hard it is for a black woman creating a business right. and just wanting to be seen and heard. And so I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that she's seen and heard and funded at the same time. So talk about these initiatives to where you give back. Um, what are they and who, who they look for and how can women seek to, you know, to apply for these opportunities? Yeah, so we have, um, you know, we have our Black Girl Magic Pitch Competition. Um, we've done it three years in a row. This will be our fourth year. Um, and the Black Girl Magic Pitch Competition allows women to submit their pitches to get up to, um, $50,000 okay. in grant money. Um, but as we've kind of built it up and looked to see like in pitch decks, what people's problems are, right. what are the, the biggest thing with what women are facing? What we realize is it's funding, but then what do you do with the funding when you get it? Right. Because I can be given a million dollars, but if I don't know what to do, do with a million dollars, right. you going to Gucci, right? <laughs> like, so right. 
Um, for us, we decided that last year we were not just going to have the grant opportunities, we were going to be really intentional. So we launched this program called Boss Business Showers. And right. instead of throwing a baby shower, we're throwing women business showers. And so we have, we're committed to selecting 40 women in 2022. We've, we selected five women in 2021 where we're not just giving them funds, but we're giving them mentorship in the area of which they need. Um, last year, which feels like last month, literally, um, we threw a business shower for a company out of Dallas called Ezra Coffee. Okay. Um, she said that she needed help with social media and getting the word out about her business. She had this beautiful packaging, beautiful branding. And so we said, you know, we're going to hire influencers for her. Okay. So we connected with three influencers that we have relationships with. Stephanie Taylor Jackson, Jay Kendall, okay. uh, Brittany, capital B, um, okay. Brittany. And so we said, hey, can you post and share? We're going to hire you to do this. Right. Um, and then we pitched her out to WFAA. We said, hey, there's this black-owned business. Um, are you interested in doing a segment on her? They did a Christmas segment. And so we're not just giving people dollars. Right. We're giving them with the connections that I have. Sure. And then we gave her a check for $5,000. So um, we threw a, a shower, her friends came, and then her friends gave her a check oh, wow. collectively. And so that's how we rally around. That's how we change our community. That's how we change the stories and the narratives of black women. And so we are committed to doing that through, through that program alone. Okay. Of course, we're going to have other pitch programs throughout the year as we pop up in different spaces and places. That's amazing. One thing you have a strong uh, hold on is relationships and community. Where do you say, we talk about social media a lot, but where do you say LinkedIn uh, falls in? Because one thing I've been trying to work on and, and trying to explain to people is LinkedIn is where you can find the corporate people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you can find them. Like Instagram, you really can't, you know, see who's who. You know what I'm saying? They probably don't want to be known like that on Instagram, but on LinkedIn, that's where it's for. Like, how would you say LinkedIn played a role in any of your success? You know, um, because I come from this p past corporate career, already had a presence on LinkedIn. And yes. to be honest, I haven't even utilized LinkedIn in the matter of which I what its potential right. um, could be. But if you're posting it on Instagram, you should be posting it on LinkedIn because what you're posting on Instagram shouldn't be um, so unprofessional where you can't right. post it <laughs> on LinkedIn if you are a business owner, right? Yes. You just never know the visibility of which someone may see you in right. that space and place. Um, it was super cool. The CEO of um, Capital One posted about Black Girl Magic on Twitter. Oh, wow. And so, like, that was just such a really cool moment for our brand. I was able to then go post that on LinkedIn that the CEO of Capital One just posted about our event on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And so that gives more visibility and it gives credibility. So it's some social proof. Right. Social, yeah. And so somebody who's at another corporation, they're like, the CEO is backing the program that they they're creating. Right. Let me share this with maybe my vice president, my director. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I believe this sponsorship begets more sponsorship, right? right? Um, relationships beget more relationship, however you want to define it. Um, but if you're not showing up and you're not showing to everyone what you do, what you're capable of doing, nobody knows. Right. Right. And so LinkedIn is just that tool where you get to show up 
and showcase who you are, what you do, what your skill set is. Um, And it's just really telling that story so that people can see it and know. Right. I want to get into the virtual conference and talk about that. Before I have to ask this, have you ran into a situation yet because you have a lot of relationships and partnerships to where there's like conflict of interest? So like if you work with one banking institution, you can't work with this other one. Um, And how do you kind of navigate that space? Yeah. So in every contract that I sign, right, I'm, I'm looking at clauses to ensure that it's, I'm protected and the brand is protected. I would never have a conference and have J.P. Morgan Chase and Capital One right. together, right? right? Um, because simply I've built a relationship with one brand right. that I want them to be able to authentically show up to our community so I would never jeopardize that with the other. But that doesn't mean that I could never work with the J.P. Morgan Chase right. at a later time or on another project right. um, because of how I can show up for them. So I think that for anybody who may run into that, you just got to be really clear on what does your contract say? What have you communicated and committed to the brand that you're working with to ensure that you're not getting into sticky situations like that? Um, but then... And working with a part, I think of it as partnership. I never really even use the word sponsorship. It's that. It's just that. I am partnering with them. There's somebody on that team who has committed to working on this project with me. I'm going to show up for them. I'm going to give them my best. I'm going to completely make sure that their brand is shown up and what I'm doing. I take pride in it. You know, it's like I'm working for that company Uh for however long that we have this partnership opportunity. Um, together and so I'm going to give them the best as if I was even working for the organization myself so I don't necessarily run into those issues because I'm not I'm not looking at it from the perspective somebody just wrote me a check making it up ten thousand dollars I'm going to take eight thousand and pay myself and I'm going to give them two thousand dollars worth of work if I committed to doing a ten thousand dollar project I've already cost out how much it's going to cost to do a $10,000 project. I'm going to deliver what they paid for, and I'm not just going to slap their logo on it simply because they came on board. No, for sure. No, that makes sense. Um, When we get to the virtual side, one feedback that I've heard as far as the city of Dallas is uh, working with a lot of partners is, do you think you've been able to grow at rapid speed and with partnerships because you don't only target this city like when you did that five city tour it made you a national media company right do you think that attributes to like the success of other absolutely partners? absolutely 100 percent. Okay. where we if i had have just stayed focused only on dallas it would have really it would have put me in a position where i was not, i was not going to be able to work with a lot of national brands who were trying to reach people in different areas right. everybody has a target audience and city that they're trying to get more customers acquisitions what have you now i can truly say i have a mix in the state of texas not in the city of dallas i have a huge community in atlanta dc new york la we have a big following and so that allows me to then say that we are a u.s national brand we're not and, and to be honest i can go beyond that because by us having our virtual event, we showed up in 33 countries. Oh, wow. We had 22,000 people um, register for, in 2020, right. for Black Girl Magic. And so now I can actually say we are a global right. brand. We had lots of black women in London show up for us and Jamaica show up for us. And so 
I can then take that data back to the partners and say, hey, are you looking for women in these areas? Because these are where we have a community at. And what you do a great job at is, even though you're you know, national and global, you still seem to keep it in Dallas, mm-hmm. right? Like you do your, are you st- you're still doing the boss one of the year, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have that and your virtual conference, you're shooting and bringing them here. So right. I really respect that too, because tell a lot of times Dallas doesn't get a lot or get, you know, the light shine on them. So even though you're growing um, huge audience, you're still keeping it in Dallas and bringing these partners to show what Dallas has. So that's kudos to you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but let's talk about adapting. Now we talked offline mm-hmm. adapting virtually for you. has been a blessing, an absolute blessing for, but for people who's been having problems, maybe it's building that virtual community as strong as they were that in person, what would you equate your success to? Or what tips would you give them yeah. to making people want to show up? So in the pandemic, I was pregnant. So I had to adapt in a, and I was going to have to change the way I was adapting anyway, right. simply because I was pregnant in the right. pandemic. Um, we were planning Black Girl Magic. It was supposed to be a five city, no, it was supposed to be a seven city tour with Capital One. And we had to change everything. Um, I, the crazy part is that March 7, 2020, we had this event called 100 Women Sitting at the Table. We flew 100 women into Dallas from all over the United States. Wow. March 8th, the world shut down. Um, a couple of women didn't show up because they were like, there's this thing called COVID, <laughs> right. and my company will not let me get on an airplane. And I was like, what? This is crazy. Yeah. And in and March 8th, the world shut down. I had already been... Um, committed to doing this seven city tour and so um i had to switch i had to pivot so what do i do i start researching what are people doing right now how are people pulling off these events and i just didn't want to do a zoom event i didn't want it to look like how everybody else event looked like um and so i said you know we're going to produce this like a show like we're going to produce it like a show i'm gonna rent out a studio um at this time i couldn't fly anybody in because it's 2020 and people are like scared right right? and so we filmed we filmed black girl magic in july of 2020 um it was about 25 hours of content that we edited um it took uh, it took a lot of time a lot of energy um we made we just made it look like we were proud of it we didn't just half ass it we made it look where the stamp of approval of a black woman being proud and so but we didn't we wanted to still give people the same experience so we we took a a big investment and we we um shipped out five thousand boxes to the first five thousand women who signed up they were going to get their boss box in the mail um uh the swag that they would have gotten if they came in person so crema nature was our sponsor we had hair care products hair clips we had h&m as a sponsor they gave um you know black bags out from this black artist we had capital one of course we had square we had vistaprint we had all these sponsors toyota in this box it showed up in this curated way and it made our audience feel like they were tapped into something right. differently. I mean, our Instagram just 
flooded with people posting their box that week of to get them excited about what we were delivering. And I believe that that was the way we were able to truly keep our audience engaged was we weren't just throwing up a link for an event for them to tune into. This was black girl magic. We were going to show them all facets of black girl magic from the beginning to the end. And so that's how we really were able to show up for them and and get 22,000 women to sign up for it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. That's amazing. How, how big is your team now? So now there are six of us. Six, yeah. okay. mm-hmm. And what roles? We're uh, small but mighty. Yeah, no, nah, what, what roles are you uh, have you filled? So we have a videographer, a photographer that's our editor. We have a content producer that writes all of our social and writes all of our blog. Um, I have an assistant. We have a graphic designer. Um, we have now a producer because we're about to start producing television shows. Oh, wow. And, um, and I'm missing somebody else. And They'll forgive you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why it's not coming to me right now. Oh, the web desi- we have a web designer. Okay. Yes, Got yes. You. So we can't skip over this. So 2022 TV. Yeah. Okay, talk about that. Is it going to be streamed? Is it? We're looking at all of our options right okay. now and what that may look like. Uh, but obviously, streaming platforms are huge right now. Sure. Um, there are some streaming platforms that um, are looking for new ways to explore our diverse audience, to right. get more content. Everybody's looking for more content. Right. It's in how you're delivering the content that's going to really capture the audience. So we're excited to really shift from just we, you know, I, I once said Boston Media is an offline, online women's empowerment community and media company. Right. But we are really um, leaning into storytelling, storytelling and create and making impact with the narratives of black women, how black women are told and how they're shown up. Right. And we want to be in the forefront of delivering inspiration and creativity and possibility to our audience um, and not just. For the adult woman, I've recently launched a brand called El Olivia, which is for little girls. And so I want to be a part of storytelling from zero to infinite amount of age for the black woman. Um, Because at any age, you can change the trajectory of whatever your life is to create it to what you want it to be. And I just want to be a part of that. That's amazing. Uh, Also an author now? Yes. (laughs) I did not think that I was... I knew I wanted to write a book. I never thought I wanted to write a children's book. But, um, you know, we, like I said, I was, um, I was pregnant in the pandemic. It was very interesting being pregnant in that space. Um, I had never delivered a baby before. I've been pregnant before. And I've had a couple of miscarriages, unfortunately. But um, the isolation of what 2020 gave in such a unique time to deliver a child was extremely hard. But when I was 30 or about 30 weeks pregnant, I found out that my baby had this disease called congenital diaphragmic hernia, which basically meant that her intestines, her spleen and her liver had covered her lungs. Um, And when she was going to be born, we were going to have to have a surgery for it all to like, they pushed down to its proper place. And so um, 
her whole birthing plan changed. She delivered. We had the surgery. And then we spent 35 days in the NICU for her to recover, get healthy, so she could come home. In that 35-day period, it was weird because there were so many things happening. I was pitching brands still. I was um, going back and forth from the NICU, still trying to have a mental state and figure out what does 2021 even look like. And there was a little boy next door to her who I never saw his mom. And I just thought that would never be my daughter's story. I want her to know that even if her mom and her dad is not ever here, if something happens, that she's not alone because God is with her. And so I wrote the book for the little boy, for the nurse to go read to him as like just words of encouragement and affirmation. I send it to my designer and I said, what do you think you could turn this into? And she was like, oh, I love this. It'll be a beautiful illustration. And so we published a children's book last summer um, called You're Not Alone, of really just the story of how God is with you um, and that no matter what you face, you are not alone. And so since then, I'm coming out with my second children's book, um, February the 14th, called Mama, We Made It, all about the first year of life through the lens of my daughter's eyes. I'm saying it to us. So, yeah, I'm I'm really um, really just motivated by telling these stories so black little girls brown little girls see their possibility but just most importantly see themselves and things and places and and if i can be the vehicle where i can bring that up for her um so that she can see it so it's a little bit easier for her than put myself i'll put myself out there any day that's amazing um for somebody who's accomplished so much family business mentorships community giving back like where do you see success? How do you define success for you? Yeah, you know, so often we think success and we equate it to dollars. Right. And to be honest, you can have as much money in the world but be unfulfilled. For me, how I define success and what it looks like is making sure that my family is good. Not mm-hmm. making sure just my immediate family is good, but my daughter's children and right. her children. I work for generational wealth. Right. I'm. I want to create impact when I'm not here that my family remembers my name and they say, because she did, now I can. Um, That's how I define success. I define success also by bringing others along with me. I just think it's so important that our community know how important it is to bring someone along with you so that it can be a little bit easier for them. It is hard being an entrepreneur. It is the (laughs) hardest thing I have ever done, but it is the most rewarding thing of knowing that this is what you've created. Um, And when it's not just you focus and you've created for others, that's a part of the success. Yeah, for sure. I always wanted to ask uh, a fellow media person, what is like a question? Because you know, media, we're always doing interviews, right? Mm -hmm. So what is one question that you always wished somebody would have asked you? Asked me? Asked you. Wow. I've never even thought. Ask me. You know, we're so so busy telling other people's stories, right? That we kind of like put ours to the side so that we can focus on others. But like, is there ever something like you wish you were able, you know, to share with your community that you just haven't had the opportunity yet? Yeah. You know, this summer when we taped Black Girl Magic, um... 
one of the hosts who I use often, who's like my sister and great friend, Lady Jade, um, was like, I want you to tell your story. You have to tell more of your story. So I began to share a little bit about like how I grew up and, um, and the trajectory of the life that really led me on this pathway. And so it was interesting telling that story back um, because so often people think, oh, it's just been easy. It's just been, no, I come from um, the first generation college grad in my family. I come from um, not always being on the right pathway. Um, I come from a space where I was a little bit lost in identity because I was biracial and trying to figure out who I am and which side to choose, if you will, but it's so crazy. And so sometimes I don't ever get to tell my story because I am telling everybody else's story. But the question really would be, you know, who, who is Marty? Like what makes, what makes you tick? Why do you get up every day and do this? And it's really because, you know, I want to make sure that my daughter doesn't face the same challenges that I face. Entrepreneurship will evolve. I'll go on to do so other things right. or whatever. It's not just about this moment. It's really about um, showcasing to her that I know how to be pro- um, solution oriented from solving problems. Right. I understand how I'm going to teach her to do that. That's going to make her marketable at anything right. she does. And my life has been been that. It's not been this red carpet. It has it has shown me um, through the valleys how to be solution oriented, right. so that I can be an asset to solve problems. And with, with having a daughter now, is Blossom and Media like a legacy play, or if somebody approached you and wanted to buy it outright, would you be open? No, it is definitely Blossom and Media. Is definitely conversations for acquisition. Okay. Um, and um, there are brands specifically that we are going after to make that happen. That's amazing. Yep. It's <laughs> amazing. And one question I got before we get out is, so with you doing so much, I want to focus on two parts which kind of work together simultaneously because we both do it, media and events, right? Mm-hmm. Um, through media, we tell stories, we build community. Through events, we kind of let our community engage um, and inform more. For somebody who wanted to start off didn't know where to start what advice or what steps you know you would give them to starting a media company in 2022 yeah I would say for them what is the experience that you crave and how and then in return can you deliver that experience for someone else so for me it was how could I create this experience that black women needed in a way that was fun and exciting and delivered all things a woman, right? Right. That's what I was able to deliver. How you deliver it is totally differently than how I deliver it. How someone listening, they know what they want to see. Deliver it that way. Don't try to mimic someone else's delivery on it because it's always going to be better when you use your own sauce to deliver it versus trying to copy someone else's. That's amazing. And and, and it's it's true to sense because you can see when people try to copy others and it never comes out authentic yes. or organic, it looks staged it looks, yes. and it doesn't come out right. So no, that's great. Um, first and foremost, thank you for your time. Yeah, I know, thank you. I know um, COVID and the pandemic is serious. So I'm glad we could finally make this conversation yes. happen. Um, 2022 for us is definitely about, you know, more reaching out to people that we built. Um, not even if it's for a collaboration, but just to kind of build on relationships to yeah. make sure, hey, that we're here for you and vice versa if you need Absolutely. anything, vice versa. So that's why I definitely wanted to get you here, share some of your story. Um, 
with you being an entrepreneur, there's tons of stories you can tell. So I feel like you kind of be like one of our recurring guests as we keep going. Yeah, on. Like, absolutely. The more we grow, um, we can grow together. So. And listen, we haven't tapped into fellas yet into yeah. the brand, but what we do, <laughs> yeah, you nah, are top on the course. list for sure. Nah, you know, I'm not even phased because, like, you know, I have a 14-year-old daughter. Yeah. So this is something to where, you know, if there's something she can't learn from my platform, I can always be like, hey, yeah. I have a friend, she yes. has this platform, if you need somebody to talk to, ideas, yep. and that's those relationships. Yeah, so that's like, it. Now, you know, as a young woman, she has somebody she could talk to and, you know, I could help her in whatever journey she pursues. So yeah, absolutely. I'm okay with it. So that's again, dope. Again, thank you for your time. Um, please follow Boss Woman Media on Instagram. Yep. Uh, Twitter, go to the website. She also has memberships yep. uh, for her community. If you're a woman and want to get tapped in corporate or entrepreneur, she has tons of gems, uh, download content. I definitely suggest you tap in. Uh, we at Coastline Magazine, Coastline Boss Women Media. And as always, please continue to the Coastline Life. We're out. Hey guys, what's good? Thanks for supporting Coastline Magazine by watching this video. If you really enjoy this content, please subscribe, like, comment, and share.